Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Doctor Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve them. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And I am lucky to have my lovely co-host here today, Dr. Sassam. I think you mean Dr. Lizard Octopus Green Goblin, uh, uh, what's... Eagle. Eagle. All the animals (laughs) that there are in the universe because Spider-Man is exclusively animal-related villains. What are we talking about today, Sam? Uh, We are not talking about just Spider-Man. And this isn't a Spider-Man homecoming. This is the amazing Spider-Man. Oh, man, and well, that's an ironic title if you ask me. They uh, definitely gave the amazing Spider-Man to the least amazing of the franchises. This is true. This is true. I mean, what are your feelings on The Amazing Spider-Man? Just as a, uh, just as the single movie and then kind of in its place in the pantheon of Spider-Man. As a single movie, I left the theater not being super happy about it. As the whole franchise or like IP of Spider-Man, I'm not happy about it either. I, when I was originally applying to colleges, this was actually a movie I critiqued to like, I wrote an essay about it to get into school. And uh, I got into school. <laughs> Wait, really? Was that your your, your choice? Was Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I tried to find the essay, but I couldn't because it's like, you know, yeah. a couple years now. I, uh, I don't feel quite as strongly about it. I think this movie was when I first saw it. I was like, cool. That happened. And it just was what it was. I wasn't excited. I wasn't disappointed. I was just like, cool. I, I don't need to see that ever again. And I didn't. Until now. <laughs> I definitely don't think, like, it's objectively a bad movie. It's not like, oh, this happened. Oh, they did this? That's mm-hmm. so against the character. It's more just like, imagine if this is your first Spider-Man movie. Show your kids this movie. What does he think about Spider-Man? I think uh, I think it's better, though, to watch this as a first Spider-Man. Because if you've got the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, because just for anybody who doesn't know the chronology of Spider-Man, <laughs> there's the 2002 Spider-Man... 2004 Spider-Man 2, 2007 Spider-Man 3. Take a little five-year break. They decide not to do Spider-Man 4, but just reboot the entire franchise mm. with The Amazing Spider-Man with a new new, new cast, new director, new everything, except plot. Same plot. <laughs> uh, different villain, I guess. But I just think that it's because this came out so soon after the other Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies... I'm going to say Spider-Man pretty weird in this whole thing. <laughs> it clouds so many people's judgment because not enough people had enough time to let the first Spider-Man series die and then go on this journey with this new Spider-Man. People still have that memory, but I think the the very young people who just didn't have enough time to experience the first three Spider-Man movies probably like this one a good amount. I, I'm certain it has its following for people who don't just have the memory and the and the feeling of Spider-Man from... A simple five years from the most recent movie and just ten years from that first movie. Uh, The big problems I have with it is, like, I think it's just, like, execution-wise, it's not as good as the same Rami movies. Mm -hmm. And here's the biggest thing that I got peeved about. In this movie, they never say, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, they can't do that again. Okay, but this is the first This is the first movie a kid is seeing, and if he walks out of that not hearing that phrase... That's the whole, like, thing Wait, behind him, no, Spider-Man. Take, take, take that argument, then, then put it on the internet. Think about if they actually did do that. Then the, because there's the articles that say, how could they not do that? That's what Spider-Man is. He needs to learn his mantra. After that, the other side is, how could they say that again? He, he, he already, we already went on this journey. We don't need this again. There's, it's a lose-lose situation. I think, they, I think they picked the better choice in not saying it for the sake of everything as a whole. But again, if it was its own Spider-Man, I agree with you. I think if it was just trying to be itself, yes, they should have said it. Well, the thing, like, if people are mad about it retreading, like, we already get another retread of Uncle Ben dying, of him getting his powers. Yeah. And, like, sort of, I mean, I don't re- completely remember what the Green Goblin's plan was for the original Spider-Man, but I feel like him and the lizard thing are pretty interchangeable. Actually, yeah. not interchangeable. <laughs> Willem Dafoe does a way more entertaining yeah. job. But the, the basic construct of the character, because they're both scientists trying to prove that they can do their science, and mm-hmm. people don't believe in their science. So, yeah, they're basically the same type of character. Just one is more fun than the other. Yeah, and I feel like, in general, this Peter Parker is just a lot dumber. So And I'll get into this later. Yeah, I mean, do, do, 
Should we talk about uh, better Spider-Man now, or should we wait till after we do the th- dissection? What, let's do that in like the fun facts okay. area, like after gotcha. uh, surgery and everything. Um, should we just uh, dump? Is there anything else you want to say, or should uh, we just jump into it? Not really. Yeah, just everyone. You know, you hopefully you know the context of the first three Spider-Man movies and what it means to jump into this one. Yep. All right, let's go for it. Okay, so weird opening scene. I, I like I always talk about in this. I like the opening scenes set the tone for everything, mm-hmm. and we get young Peter Parker playing hide and go seek. Boo! Ah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's young Peter Parker, which is different than before. We didn't see that, and Peter Parker has parents. Yes. Did you guys know that Peter Parker has parents? Because uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man kind of forgot about that. Yeah. And, you know, like, maybe that was a better reason. Yeah. Well, but did, did you remember that, like, they actually don't really ever bring up Peter's parents in the original trilogy, right? Yeah, like, no, they're not that I Briefly for a couple stories. But then it's just like, yeah, this is my Aunt May and Uncle Ben, and these are who I, this is the people who I live with. It's like, okay. But in this one, you, you get a backstory. That, that's something. Something they were trying to set up for it's, a, a universe, which they never ooh, fulfilled. Yeah, that was a, a rip on Sony's part. <laughs> hey, go see Venom this weekend. Hey, uh, hopefully, what if what if that just does actually cross over with the MCU? What if that really is a? Uh... Then I think Sony's gonna have like a cease and assist letter <laughs> sent to them on Saturday. <laughs> just just Mark Ruffalo walks around in the background, just being like, "Hey, uh, what you doing over there?" Swarma's great. <laughs> and then they just move on. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So. Uh, so they. Are playing hide and go seek. Peter finds that his dad's lounge is like attacked, or you know, it's been getting... ransacked by burglars. Burglars, and they take him, take Peter to Uncle Ben and Aunt May, and they just peace out on Parker, which Cause, um, well, because uh, uh, his dad's like an important uh, scientist guy, uh, and so yeah, he got all ransacked, and then they're like, we need to, we need to protect, protect Peter. You go live with. The parents and the aunt and uncle are very old for having this tiny child. Yeah. Parents leave never to be heard from again. At least from Peter's perspective. Yes. So then we cut to a, a couple, like a decade or so later, and we're in high school. We're with Peter with very... You mean uh, a decade later or 20 years later where this 26-year-old man is walking through the halls <laughs> pretending to be this teenage boy? Oh, God. This I liked how Honest Trailer said it. It's like this young, attractive, socially accepted loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's at, he's at school. Flash Thompson's super mean to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gwen Stacy's just sitting on her picnic table. Okay, again, character introductions. Gwen Stacy eating a sandwich is not a good character introduction to her. Peter, this is also, we've talked about this, the save the cat moment. This We got Peter save the cat where he's supposed to go and save this one nerd who has to, being force-fed like lasagna or something. And Which, I don't know, I, I wish my bullies were <laughs> feeding me. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a very nice thing out of lasagna. Yeah, there. they were just trying to help him out. Uh, but then Peter gets... a couple punches to the face for trying to stick up for the guy and it's very like Meh. and then Gwen Stacy comes and is a baller compared to Peter who's like yo that's going to be a recurring theme throughout this is that Gwen Stacy's just a baller true next scene we get Peter and Gwen like finally meeting they're like oh huh, nice face Peter and she's right. like thanks are they just meeting or are they like do they like know about each other they, like I they're bet they're classmates they, right yeah i think they know about each other but not like they they're not going to you know, invite each other to their birthday parties or anything. <laughs> so they meet, and we go back to Aunt May and Uncle Ben's place. They see that Peter's face is bruised up, and Aunt May's like, oh, what happened? And Peter's just like, I fell. I'm such a klutz. And Peter. Uncle Ben comes up with, like, all these trophies and stuff, and he's like, Peter, help me out. And they go downstairs. Peter, <laughs> so look at the winner that I am with all these trophies. <laughs> all these bowling trophies. <laughs> Where's your trophies? <laughs> Go downstairs. They go downstairs because the floor is being flooded. And Uncle Ben's like, how's the other guy look? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I've seen a nice uppercut now and then. And he hands him just this really nice piece of meat. And I'm like, Uncle Ben, don't give him this nice piece of, like, steak meat for get some ice. No. Because that's what that's the that's the cliche. That's the baller move is you gotta you gotta put raw meat on your face and waste all that animal blubber. That's how you get mad cow disease, man. I bet that's how it happens. 
And so uh, Uncle Ben tells Peter to go clean out the whole basement, and Peter finds a little bag that turns out to be... Weed! Weed! <laughs> it's just when you said little bag, that's what we think of it. No, it's a little bag of his dad's stuff being like, I'm a scientist. Woo, I'm a scientist. And Peter brings it up, and the aunt and uncle say like, oh, yeah, you know, that's your parents' stuff. Peter finds this one picture of Dr. Connors... And Uncle Ben eventually fesses up that who Dr. Connors is and that he works for Oscorp. That's right. He will only work for Oscorp. He will not be the villain of the story in any way, shape, or form. Nope. And so the next day, Peter really wants to figure out what's up with his family, so he goes to Oscorp and steals another intern's ID to get in. But why couldn't he just set up a meeting? Like, he could just call Dr. Connors if his parents were friends. And just be like, hey, I, I have some questions. Or he could have called Harry and be like, hey, can I get oh, into yeah. your dad's fucking company for a con well, minute? listen, they hadn't cast Harry yet, so they <laughs> couldn't have put him in the movie. But also, on Oscorp, you're not going to check someone's ID to say who they are? No. Not a great plan. Not a great plan. Uh, so Peter sneaks in to Oscorp. And Gwen Stacy is showing the new interns around, and Gwen sees him, and she's like, oh, look at this guy. Hmm, hey, nice face. Why are you holding a piece of meat to your face? <laughs> no, he, he, he's left the meat behind. Yes, uh, uh, if only, if only. And so Dr. Connors comes up and talks to the interns, and Peter impresses him with some nice science mumble-jumbo. Mm-hmm. He leaves. That's and the- he you know, explains who he is as a character, and it's like, this is how I feel. This is my driving force. Yep. And so Gwen then distracts all the other interns to go look at some, like, fancy screen tech. And she tells, like, Peter, like, hey, don't get me in trouble. Or, like, you know, that wouldn't be good. And so what does Peter do? Immediately leaves the group and goes into a restricted area. I'd like to call this restricted area the Spider-Verse. <laughs> uh, no. So Peter follows this one guy into a restricted area, and he sees a bunch of people in hazmat suits walk out, and Peter decides to go into this frickin' room without a hazmat suit. Yeah, you know, the genius that he is. This is what I'm saying when he does something really dumb, and it's not, like, up to the character. But, like, you know, he's he's book smart. He's not street smart. He He doesn't have common sense. He's just got all that science in his brain. So he stupidly walks around this place that has, like, very endanger- like dangerous spiders, and he gets freaking bit. Like, wow, no shit. Yeah, I'll leave it alone. I'll get to that later. Yeah, I mean, if we're comparing this to the OG, same Raimi movie, it's much more, like, organic because he just gets bit randomly, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I'm in this restricted area and yeah. all these bugs bit me because, I mean, I guess they sort of set it up where Oscorp's like, oh, we haven't had the right person that could survive, and then Peter's the one that survives... Which, you know, it's a coincidence, but that's okay. That's He's our main character. We're expecting this. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine but with that, but... Eh. There's two ways you could go with it. You could do the uh, more... The subtle way of, like, the original Spider-Man, where it's like, he's somewhere, he just gets accidentally bit, and he doesn't know what's happening. And then he kind of has to learn from there, and, like, do research, be like, hey, what... Uh, that spider that was missing, what happened? Instead of just being attacked. Or you could do the Spider-Man homecoming route, and he's just already Spider-Man. And we could get to that when we're trying to fix the movie. Yeah. I, I might want to lean in that direction. I, I think we're going to be on the center of pace on that. <laughs> uh, so anyways, Peter leaves, goes onto a subway, and is like sort of tweaking out and just decides to fight a bunch of random people to show off his new spider powers. I mean, he's confronted, so he's not like, hey, let's let's fight. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he, he hasn't gotten, he's not like a spider dick. He's a, he's a, he's a Spider-Man. Hey. Uh, so he finds out about these powers, goes to bed, and wakes up, like, being a real tweaker in this, like, destroying everything. I mean, honestly, it, if you just saw that, you'd think he's on meth. Yeah. I mean, it makes it does make sense because he's, you know, been injected with this, like, crazy toxin. Because in the first one, he's, you know, it's almost like a drug where he's just, like, passed out and, like, doesn't understand what's happening. In this one, like... It's a different kind of drug. Can you guys hear that? Just doing a little little, little explanation there. Why isn't he going to the hospital? He's not street smart, I told you. He's not Spider-Man yet. Uh, this is, I'm just building my evidence on why yeah. he is not a very smart Peter Parker. He didn't want to go to the hospital because he, you know, 
snuck into a secret government lab and like or not government but like a private lab and he you know would be arrested for sure for doing that so it does make sense in that sense but it also doesn't make sense because he probably thinks he's gonna die anyways he figures out more about his powers and decides to go give good old dr connor's a home visit and i thought this was also a bit weird so they're just talking, and Peter reveals who his dad is, and Connors is like, oh, interesting. And so then Peter's trying to figure out how to basically fix himself, and this is where Connors reveals that no one has been able to do it yet. And Peter makes up this big mumbo-jumbo equation to be like, oh, this is how you can do it, and Connors is like, ah, you should, his word for it. you should visit me after, after your classes. And so that's where that scene ends. Hooray. Weird, weird. Yep. Uh, so then next, the next scene, we're at high school, Flash Thompson is playing basketball, and he swats a basketball down that runs and hits another thing of paint that gets all over this one sign, and the woman's like, hey, you did that on purpose! And I'm like, if Flash tried to swat that ball into your paint, like, congrats on him, like, he's an actual, like, (laughs) physicist. It's a marksman move right there. Yeah. And then Peter goes up and takes the ball and is, like, a dick to Flash Thompson. And, like, he ends up dunking on Flash and destroying the whole basket. I mean, this was done better in the first movie. Yes. As evidenced by many things. Yeah. Peter's sent to the principal's office. Uncle Ben comes down and they have this whole, like, almost a conversation about, oh, with great power, it's great responsibility. Like, they sort of, like, nibble at it. they're, They're knocking on the door. And so then he sees Gwen Stacy, and he's like, hey, Gwen, Peter has pictures of you on his computer. What a Thanks. wingman. What a, honestly, I bet that's, that's how you really get the ladies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have a really weird montage with Peter at a warehouse trying his Spider-Man tricks and doing some parkour. Peter core. Peter core. Very weird scene. So then Peter goes to Connor's area, and they're testing Peter's theory out on these, like, virtual rats. And they make a breakthrough and figure out what you need to cure, like, limbs being cut off. Yeah, like, it's a thing that lizards do. Anyway. Dr. Connor's is really casual about making a huge breakthrough, and then almost accidentally stabs Peter when trying to inject this liquid into a rat. Peter comes back home, and he forgot to pick up Aunt May, which was something that Uncle Ben told him to do, and Peter forgot. And he throws this, like, hissy fit about it. Peter walks out and slams the door. It shatters everywhere, and Uncle Ben follows him. Peter then goes to, like, this 7-Eleven yeah, deli. Like a little convenience store where he's like, I'm going to get some milk because I'm a big boy. Some chocolate milk. <laughs> get it right. He's a big boy. Sorry, we got to take sorry. him seriously. So he goes and tries to get his milk. And the person, the cashier is being a dick because he's two cents below. And then Peter's like, all right, F you. And he starts to walk away. This other man wearing, like, long blonde hair, glasses, and a tattoo of a star on his wrist throws down these lighters. And the cashier's like, F you, picks him up. And then the blonde guy grabs all this cash, throws Peter at the chocolate milk, and walks away. Peter goes out. And the man's running off, and the cashier's like, hey, go get him. And Peter's like, oh, sorry, that's not my policy, bro. And as the guy's running, Uncle Ben's there and tries to stop him. This gun comes out, and he accidentally shoots Uncle Ben, killing him. And this is, like, really sad for Peter, obviously. Uncle Ben dies. Sorry. It's it's not bad. It's just, it's so half-measured because it's just a convenience store, and it's just this guy who did a very low-level crime. Like, I get that, you know, criminals have guns on them to be like, just in case. And it's like an accident, but it really, it, it doesn't amount to much. And it's just because Ben was following very creepily behind Peter <laughs> the whole way. He was just trying to find him. He was just trying to find him, but he didn't, like, leave that far after him. Ben He's slow. To... He doesn't have superpowers. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot well, of he had things. to call the window guy to fix that door. Exactly. Uh, it's, it, was, it was a big thing. So, yeah, I get it. It's sad. Uncle Ben dies. Peter's there, and he's like, it's my fault. Yes, and so now this triggers Peter to go into this whole search to find the killer, and he literally just searches the whole New York area to find these long-haired, blonde guys. But it's with- like that, like, homeland, like, obsessed, like, where where, like, where are these people? Like, I mean, it's, in, you know, it's good that he's going after it, but it's, like, kind of scarily obsessive. Peter, like... <laughs> Oh, man, wait one second. I need to find my notes on this one. Is it when he figures out what he what he needs to dress up as? 
No, do you have comments on that? No, it, he, you know, he goes to a warehouse, sees a big luchador poster, and he's like, I should do that. I should dress up. And then... Because it's, it's supposed to be a nod to the first movie where he first gets called Spider-Man. If you don't want to be the first movie, stop being the first movie. Again, I, t- I talk about how much I don't... The movie's not much. It just annoys me. If you just take the movie by itself, it's fine. It's just trying too hard to be this first movie, but also not be the, the first one. That's the bit most annoying part of this movie. So he goes... Peter goes on this tirade trying to find different people that look like his uncle's killer. We end up going into this one parking lot scene where this man's trying to steal this car, and Spider-Man's just casually sitting in this car waiting for him. I usually say stupidly cool... It's just stupid. <laughs> like, how long did he have to be in that car? Yeah, but because it doesn't make sense. Did he know that this person was going to hijack this car? Was the person hijacking the car and so into his hijacking he didn't see this guy get in the back seat of a car or get in the seat of a car? It just doesn't work logistically. No, it doesn't. Because you know? it's, re- it's funny. It's really funny that it happens, but it makes no sense. So now Spider-Man's being addicted to this guy, and it's just, like, webbing him up. And the guy eventually, like, pulls out a knife. And I thought this was funny. Where Spider-Man's like, oh, no, a knife, a knife, my you know, weakness. You found my weak- one yeah. weakness. It's tiny knives. <laughs> that was that was in the trailer, and I was like, all right, maybe I'm sold. Good good read, Andrew Garfield. Because this will, this will play into how I feel about him as a Spider-Man later. Okay, good to know. Uh, so Spider-Man ties that guy up, and the cops come, arrest that guy. And this is the only, this is the last time we will ever hear about the murder guy mm-hmm. in this movie. The thing that he was just very much obsessed with for the last 10, 15 minutes doesn't matter anymore because we've got the actual plot to get to. Mm-hmm. So we get back, Peter gets home to Aunt May, and Aunt May is, like, a little understandably, like, upset that Peter is, like, black and blue from head to toe. Well, especially, like, a couple weeks after her husband died, like, she clearly knows that there's something happening, and either he's got this vendetta, like, she really does understand what's happening, or she just thinks that he's going through this spiraling, like, like, depression of, like, self-harm, or, like, you know, going to a a fight club or whatever (laughs) to take care of his, uh, his guilt needs. Well, I say, I say clearly, probably didn't character-wise, because no one's allowed to be smart in these movies. Uh, anyway, so we find out that Gwen's dad is actually the chief of police of New York and that he's been very, like, anti-Spider-Man throughout this whole thing. Also, Gwen is so involved in Spider-Man's life in many different ways, like, unrelated. Like, just as Gwen Stacy is someone who may or may not have a crush on Peter Parker, mm-hmm. as the lab assist, like, lab tech person at Oscorp, the place that he's trying to go to figure out his, you know, secrets and all that. And then her father's police captain, the person who hates Spider-Man most in the... Well, not most in this world, but, like, you know, it's anti-Spider-Man. I, I get coincidences, and I get, like, you know, having someone be like, wow, it's fate that we're together. But also, like, that's too many coincidences. Yeah, I mean, this whole movie is a big coincidence when you think about it, too, but we'll dive into that later. <laughs> so the next day... Dr. Connors is getting a lot of pressure from Oscorp in general to try and get this new successful serum working for humans. And Connors is like, we're not ready for human trial. And the other guy's like, basically, you got to do it or we're shutting you down. Which is actually a very somewhat different thing for a villain to do where it's like, well, the villain. Connors becomes the villain where it's like, oh, wait, this is, you know, we're not ready to test on humans. We need to figure out and make it perfect. Where it's actually the other guy that's like, no, we need to rush this and go get, get going. And so later that day, Connors tests it on rats and everything, but then decides to test it on himself, and he immediately grows another arm that he's been missing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just been casually missing an arm. It's like, this is just perfect, again, coincidental serendipity. This is exactly what he's been looking for, which also is kind of a jump, too, from him not wanting to do human trials to him just being like, inject me. <laughs> sure. So then he injects himself. It goes good for like two minutes. Then he decides like, hey, I need to go show this off to uh, this one guy that was being a dick to me and hops into a taxi cab. And he slowly starts turning into the lizard. And the ca- taxi guy's like, yo, you all right? And he's like, just drive. And he's like, I drives off. 
he becomes a lizard man on the way back to the uh, to the lab. Causes quite a quite a mess on the way. Yeah, man. I thought the four hundred five in L.A. was bad. Oh, <laughs> good jokes for just us. L.A. people, woo, you get it. But yeah, he's uh he's tossing cars left and right. And then we cut to Peter at dinner with Gwen Stacy's family, where Peter's meeting Gwen's dad, who's the chief of police. And they have different opinions on Spider-Man. Oh. Oh, oh no. Yep. The boyfriend is not getting along with the dad. Never well, seen this one he's, before. He's not her boyfriend yet. Okay. I mean, maybe someday. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. We'll see. Well, they're just hanging out. They're just yeah, hanging out. They have uh, differing ideas on uh, on how, how to handle Spider-Man. When studios talk about how, movie, how superhero movies really try and talk about the philosophy and the deeper meanings, this is the one conversation that they have about this. <laughs> I mean, kind of. There's also stuff towards the end where it's like, protect my daughter or whatever. We'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get to uh, that. But yeah, so they have their difference of opinions. They argue. And then is that when that's when uh, Captain Stacy gets called away to go take care of business. Yep. And uh, Gwen and Peter go to the roof. And they have a heart to heart. Peter kisses her and then tells her that he is Spider-Man. Think with your head, not your dick, Spider-Man. I get it, but also, come on, man. Barely know where you had a kiss, and then it's like, Spider-Man. So yeah, they kiss. Then Spider-Man dips out, goes to the bridge where the lizard is attacking, and saves a bunch of people, including this one little kid named, uh, Jimmy? I don't know. I just know that his dad's this New Yorker (laughs) who just is like, Thank you, Spider-Man. You saved my kid's life. I hope I don't come back later as a deus ex machina. (laughs) Yeah, so Spider-Man comes and is finally using his powers kind of out in public for people to see, saving them from the cars that are being thrown about by the lizard, by Dr. Lizard, sorry. Dr. Lizard, get it right. He worked really hard to get that PhD in lizardness. The lizard retreats and goes into the sewer, and Dr. Connors is just going insane at this point and decides that the whole world needs to be lizard people. And, And so he then starts video journaling with a very interesting Sony camera. A cross-promotion between Sony uh, products and Sony movies. Yeah, they never do that. Connors is figuring out a plan to make everyone a lizard. Yep, because the world needs more lizards. So the next day, Peter sees that people are really interested to see this dino monster lizard thing and will pay $3,000 for a picture of it. And so... Peter decides to go down the sewers to try and find this lizard person. Gets a bunch of webs out there to try and Just catch the guy. Pretty creative. Yeah. I'll give him that. That was good. Good job. You got, you're got showing off your uh, book smarts here, Spider-Man. You're showing off your smarts and putting all your Sony cameras around <laughs> the, the sewers. So that happens. Spider-Man fights the lizard, sort of loses. Dr. Connors grabs the camera and sees it says, Property of Peter Parker. And he's like, Parker. Or it goes... Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's a different movie, different reference. I hope you guys like Jurassic Park 3. (laughs) Peter has an idea that it's Dr. Connors, Mm -hmm. which of course it is. Of course it's him. I'm actually glad that it wasn't one of those things where it's like, who could this be? I have no... He sees him for a second and is like, that's that's the guy who's experimenting with uh, regenerating tissue. But yeah, so Peter goes to school. And that's when the lizard comes and attacks him. Yep. And they have this huge fight. Gwen helps out, uh, hits the lizard on the head with a trophy. Then Peter's like, get the hell out, throws her out a window. Stan Lee's there, too. Yep, we have a very funny Stan Lee cameo, I have to admit. So uh, after the fight at the school, Peter follows the lizard down into the sewers. And going through that little labyrinth, he comes upon Dr. Connor's big sewer setup seeing everything that he's put together so far, test rats, all the all the blueprints, and he realizes that it, it is Dr. Connors, and it is that he's going to try and release like this toxin from the, the highest point of Oscorp and try and turn the entire city into lizards. Woo-hoo. Because he's Dr. Evil and not <laughs> a halfway grounded villain. He has like a very Golem My Precious vibe with everything too. Yes. Like he's just clearly like, my God, man. You are a crazy scientist. He's a crazy scientist. He wasn't before, and now he is. It's inconsistent. Anyways, <laughs> uh, he figures out the plan, and Spider-Man's ready to, to get on the move. The lizard goes to try and take all the Oscorp 
mm-hmm. tech that he needs to go make this whole thing happen. He gets confronted by the police who just gun him down, like just put as much lead in him as possible. And then he regenerates, uses the little gas to briefly turn other cops into lizard people, and he runs off to like the highest point of New York or something like that. But separate thing, if he did turn those people into lizard people, those would be really effective cops. Yeah, right? They should have been grateful, really. I think this is... We, need, we can't invest in Space Force. We need no. to invest, invest in, in... Lizard Force. Exactly. Yes, true. They regenerate themselves, you know? So Spider-Man goes to try and stop the Lizard Man, but the cops now are following him, and they shoot him in the leg, and he falls down, and the cops have him surrounded, and they're like, take off your mask. Take it off. <laughs> and so Gwen's dad comes up, takes off the mask, and he's like, <gasps> and then Spider-Man just shoots a bunch of webs everywhere, and people are like, ah, oh, guns go off. And Gwen's dad is the only one that sees it. Peter puts his mask back on, and he just, like, nods to him, like, okay. And then he, Spider-Man runs off, mm-hmm. but he's gotten shot in the leg, so he can't fly everywhere, he, you know? He, and he's like, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to make it in time. And then from far away, these crane operators <laughs> notice, and guess who's there? It's Jimmy's dad who's operating the cranes. Hey, hey, I'm a New York guy. Did you know know that New York's a character in the (laughs) Spider-Man movies? He's great. They're doing construction throughout the entirety of the longest street in all of New York. (laughs) And all these cranes just turn so that Spider-Man can have just one (laughs) crane after another to swing to headed directly to Oscorp, which is... So many things all at once. Uh, we can get to that later. So, <laughs> Spider-Man gets to Oscorp. Him and uh, Gwen's dad end up taking down the lizard, but not before Gwen gets stabbed by Dr. Connors. Connors turns back into a good person, saves Peter at the end. And Gwen Stacy's dad dies. R.I.P. But Gwen Stacy does get to have a really cool badass moment, because I brought this up before we started the podcast, where she's uh, hiding for a little bit. And uh, then at some point the lizard is like right in front of her as she's like in the lab and she just like pulls out like this spray and a lighter and just like blasts him with fire and is like, I can't Gwen Stacy be the hero of this story? Yeah, I mean, Gwen is like a very like nice, fine, developed character in all this. Relatively considering everybody else that's there. Yeah, but, but also I think we got to give a lot to the actress, yeah, Emma Stone. Stone. Emma Stone, an Academy Award winner, Emma Stone. Ooh, but yeah, go catch her in uh, Aloha. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so as they confront when Dad's killed, uh, Spider-Man stops the toxin with an antitoxin, and New York is saved. It's saved, baby. But at what cost? Oh no! At what cost? At what cost? Well then. Uh, it, it's, it is important that Captain Stacy does uh, tell uh, Peter to be like, stay away from my daughter. You're trouble. Spider-Man's going to be trouble for her. You've got to keep her safe. And he's like, of course I will. Not. Just like two scenes after that, whatever like the very final be- beat is. So Gwen is like understandably very sad that her dad just died and is going through all the stages of mourning and everything. And what does her boyfriend, hangout buddy do? Freaking leave her empty-handed at the funeral. Mm-hmm. And refuses to talk to her for like two, three months. Which, again, it was her father's wish to be like, hey, stay away from her, it does make sense. You know, you could have done it in a better way. You didn't have to just, you know... You don't have to ghost somebody, like... Hardcore ghosting. You didn't have to, like, cold turkey this breakup. <laughs> Basically, yeah, they avoids her... She's just like, whatever. And then just one day at school, he's like, I think I still love you. Well, the teacher is like, the worst promises are the ones we can't keep. And And then Peter's like, but those are the best ones to Gwen. And then Gwen's like, the fuck you just said? You left me hanging with my dead father? Were you just waiting for the English teacher to say something thematically on point (laughs) just so you could pull that bullshit out? Uh. And that's it for the regular movie. Oh. There's a mid-credits scene, or so I'm told, because I closed out of my tab <laughs> before getting to it. Dr. Connors is in a jail cell, and he's talking to a mysterious man. Ooh. And that's it. That's I it. think he's literally credited as Mysterious Man, or Man in Black. Is man it? in Shadows, that is what he's credited as. 
the guy in shadows and is a character in the Amazing Spider-Man too. He's Gustav Fierce, the gentleman. <laughs> Gustav Fierce, and then in parentheses, the gentleman. Oh my god. Because sure, extended universe that never pays off. Taylor, what did you think about the movie? Now that we've talked about it. It's, uh, it's again, it's just a drag. If it, it, it tries to rehash the first one, it doesn't do a good job of rehashing. The original ideas they have, they don't come back. We never figure out what's up with Peter's parents in this. Yeah. The murder guy doesn't come back. No, it, the thing is, like, again, I said before that it's just meh and I don't really think about it. And it is true, even though I spent most of the time just pointing out flaws in the thing. It just is what it is because the stuff the stuff that I complain about really doesn't matter. It's stuff that you can forget about. 40% of the movie is trying to be Spider-Man 1 with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1. 40% of the other of the movie is trying to set up for future sequels and in a universe, and then that leaves you 20% of your own movie. That's not that's not enough to make to make a decent movie. You can't make a, a good thing out of 20%. It feels like I'm just going to watch the better version either way. Yeah, I don't think this does anything better than the first one does. No, it... Uh, well, Besides Gwen, I would say. I, Besides I the female character being better. I what, do think it has a little bit, but I... Because the thing that I think it honestly does do better is in my power rankings of Spider-Man. I genuinely think that this Spider-Man is a better Spider-Man. Like than, the character. Yeah, like, okay. like, this, but like a genuinely good Spider-Man than the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Okay. Because there's supposed to be two distinct personalities, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And I think Tobey Maguire... I'm just comparing those two. We're not going to bring Tom Holland into this right now. Okay. We can bring him in later. Okay. But P- but based on the first two, Tobey Maguire does a much better job of being Peter Parker, the kind of nerdy guy who's like pining after the girl. And he doesn't really do Spider-Man that well. Spider-Man is just Peter Parker, but like not, not charming, not really anything. He's just the superhero. And he's still cool and he still fights people and it's nice. But Andrew Garfield... It's a really bad Peter Parker. He's really not good at being kind of the nerdy, quiet, you know? Doesn't really know what he's doing, but trying to impress people because he either does too good of a job and he's, like, impresses people too much or he doesn't do a good job at all and just, like, falls flat on his face. But when he's Spider-Man, that's the person he's trying to be this whole time. He's this kind of, like, really cool, like, funny, quippy. Even when he knows his jokes are bad, he says them anyways. And it's just, he's just out there, but he's still smart and trying to figure things out and doing things for the right reasons. As, as a Spider-Man, I do think he's a better Spider-Man, but he's definitely not a good Peter Parker. I think that's fair. I'll agree with you on that. I think Andrew Garfield does, like, embody the Spider-Man character better. I do like Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker more than Garfield's. Yeah. I, I think that's very fair, what you just said. But both of them pale in comparison when you put Tom Holland into the picture. And that's yeah. something I will, I will stand behind. I, I Again, I think Tom Holland is just a little too cool, in a way, at times. At times. He definitely is the best middle ground for everything. He's Well, I think he's the coolest nerd. And yeah. I think that's kind of the point, is that he's like, he would be the leader of the nerds, like, out of his friend group. And he's just, you know, trying to do his best, because he is, he's a, he's a good-looking, charismatic kid, but he still likes science and has a hard time talking. So it's like... He's he's the he's the coolest of the lame. He also, like being a nerd has transformed so much since the first one because yeah. now like being a nerd is sort of cool and like hip. Yeah, well, I would I wouldn't say you're the the, the popular kid on campus, but you're definitely not as ridiculed at mm-hmm. least from what I can tell for being a nerd in school because you know every everybody likes Rick and Morty, everybody likes you know superhero movies, everybody likes all that sci-fi stuff that people didn't used to like before. Yeah. I agree. So, uh, but yeah, that's... I guess uh, it's just a little side tangent. That's how I felt about the the use of Spider-Man in this movie. I th- <laughs> honestly thought it was a good use of Spider-Man, but a lackluster use of Peter Parker. No, nope, I agree. All right, uh, should we take this bad boy under? Yes, let's take him under. All right. So, uh, I think that this movie needs to start basically at that halfway point. Uh, I think we need to... I honestly, genuinely think the way that it should go is the way that Spider-Man Homecoming went. Uh-huh. Where he is Spider-Man. Maybe you get a little montage at the beginning to be like, you know, here's what happened uh, you know, up to this point. But basically, you're starting the story with him being Spider-Man, and you're starting, like, af- either after Uncle Ben's died or, like, 
as it's happening. Okay. It really does fit into the fact that you you just cannot ignore the fact that there were three Spider-Man movies before this. Mm-hmm. And just going into that, you have that baseline knowledge. You have that, even if you've never seen any of them, you know where this is going. So let's just jump right into it. I, we don't typically have a superhero just be a hero to start off with. And I think that's kind of the the journey that we need to go under is that he's he's a very fresh Spider-Man. He's like, you know, a, a few days or even a week into being Spider-Man. Okay, uh, so you're definitely trying to like Spider-Man homecoming it? Kind of. I still want to keep the same the same tone of this one. Because mm-hmm. this one has a different tone than Spider-Man. Because homecoming is very much a high school movie that just happens to also be a, a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is very much... Uh, his journey becoming a hero while he's also in high school. And I would want to stick with that, where it's the focus is on him trying to discover what it's like to be a hero and to save the world. Whoops, but you've got this obstacle of homework every night. <laughs> like that, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. I, I, I do think that that's, that's, part of, that's part of the journey, and it would be fun to see the inciting incident of the film not be him turning into Spider-Man, but figuring out either deciding he's going to go on this journey to find the murderer of his uncle or deciding or figuring out that, oh, this person who my father used to work with is actually experimenting on, you know, humans or whatever to, to make his uh, test subjects uh, or to make his science experiments further. Okay. I like the idea. So do you think we should just cut out the whole parents thing? No, I do think we still need it. I, I like the parents, but... Give them more. Because if you're going to introduce these parents and they're going to be the first thing you see in this movie and you are going to show me 0% more parents after that, then you either need to make it kind of a middle scene or like a little bit later to give them to give him something to spur him forward. Basically, like, he would still be Spider-Man and I think part of, like, what would happen is he'd have a little PTSD. You could, you know, get dream sequences of Uncle Ben dying. Okay. Then get dream sequences of his parents abandoning him. And then him kind of having a spidey sense of, like, this is what I think happened to them. You know, I, I heard they like went missing or whatever. And he wakes up from a dream where it's like, oh, no, how much of that was real? How much of that wasn't real? That's, that's where I would go with it. I, I don't know if you agree or not, but I, I, I think we just need to start, uh, start in the heat of the, of the struggles. I like that idea. I think we need to set up other things first before we get Uncle Ben dying. Mm-hmm. Because once we see Peter like that, he's a kid in mourning for the rest of the movie, pretty much. Because we haven't seen what he is before that. True. That makes sense. I want... Could we split the difference and he's he's Spider-Man at the start, but Uncle Ben hasn't died yet? Probably, yeah. I think that works. Because, well, in the first one, right? In the OG, doesn't mm-hmm. he... He is Spider-Man, and then he lets one guy get away... For some reason. Yeah, he, well, he's Spider-Man, and he's really excited about being Spider-Man, and then he, because he, he's, he's been that way for a few weeks. Uh-huh. He's been training, and then he goes to the wrestling match, and he doesn't get the money that he feels like he was owed, Then someone robs the wrestling match, and Spider-Man lets him get away, and he's the guy that shoots Uncle Ben. Okay. Like, this movie, he's been Spider-Man for, like, a day or two, and then Uncle Ben dies. Okay, so we are just saying, hey, be like Sam Raimi. Yeah, because this movie makes the wrong choices at every at every turn where it's tr- when it's trying to be different it's not doing it well and when it's trying to be the same movie it's just copying the other movie it it made the wrong choices every single time i agree we need to fix up the beginning a bit and especially with the parents i actually don't want to see the parents's face at all i want it to be more of like a quiet opening where we just see peter getting dropped off by the family mm-hmm. to ben and may because then it's more of a mystery of, like, why did they leave him? And it, if we don't see the dad's face or mom's face, it's definitely more like, oh, like, this is so weird. Like, what's happening? Because mm-hmm. it is an interesting point of view because we have never heard about Peter's parents. And it is such a big thing where, like, what happened to him? And honestly, I don't think um, the common man knows. No, they don't. And actually, I, I think that's good, starting it off with the parents not seeing them. And you just kind of get this abandonment thing. And you could still have the relationship between the father and Dr. Connors, mm-hmm. but you discover that throughout the film and try and figure out what Peter's dad had to do with 
Dr. Connor's uh, research. Yeah, and then I think we could get a fun little thing where it's like, oh, is Peter's dad the good guy or the bad guy? And then mm-hmm. that's sort of what Peter internally struggles with, like, am is my DNA, like, the good one or a bad one? Like, because they are talking about DNA and how to make the perfect being or whatever. Well, and, it's almost like we could make this resonate thematically and, like, as a good script and as an allegory for things rather than just being a spider beat up <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, right? Crazy. It's like things, things could be art as well as entertainment. Wow. No, I, I think that's actually good. I agree with that. It really is just sprucing up the beginning and making, making it less like the first movie. It has these ideas that are different. Like, again, with the parents, that's a good idea, but they fall back into the Sam Raimi yeah. realm. Well, the parent thing is just a thing that happens. It's not a thing that matters. It's just a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And then we move on from there. And the only things that change are the reason that he goes to Oscorp isn't for a field trip like the first movie. It's because he knows about his dad's relationship with one of the scientists who's there. Right. But he still ends up in the same place doing the same thing. And it's in a worse way, I feel like, too. Yeah. Because like I said earlier... Peter just gets bit by a random spider. It's not Peter goes into a restricted area where he just saw a bunch of people in hazmat suits enter, decides to enter, and then gets bit. Because, you know, Peter should be dead. And that was like a very out-of-character thing for him to do. And the only way I would say of really fixing that is, again, doing what Sam Raimi did. It's just have it be random. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the same way specifically. Like, I mean, he'd probably still have to be at Oscorp, but it doesn't have to be a field trip, and it could still be during some, you know, confrontation with Dr. Connors. Yeah, like, what do you think is the best way to do it? How do we make it more of an action scene? Like, maybe it's like a attention-filling episode, like a scene where, you know, how in a quiet place where we get, we see the nail, Mm -hmm. and then we see eventually, like, oh, is she going to step on it? And then she steps on it? Yeah. How do we make that with a spider? Instead of, like, you know a back and forth or just a random bite, Peter, you know, finds out, like, this is his first information about his parents, and he's actually, like, almost being aggressive with Dr. Connors, where he's like, no, you're going to tell me, like, what I need to know about my dad, and then he's like, easy there, easy there, kid. It's been so long since I've seen you. Just give me a minute to, like, think about it, and they, like, have a very tense back and forth for, like, a minute, but as as it's happening, you see the spider descending from the sky (laughs) or, like, crawling up his leg, and, like, at, at the breaking point where uh, either Peter's about to, like, curse out Dr. Connors or Dr. Connors is finally going to, like, say, be like, all right, you know what, this is it, security, like, or whatever, Peter gets bit and then he just, like, goes down. And then it's like, oh, no, we need to make sure that he's okay. And okay. I feel like that would be even cooler, too, because if Dr. Connors sees that one of his radioactive spiders has bit him, he could, he could kind of already have an inkling that, oh, Peter's going to be Spider-Man. Like, he, he's already has to figure out a plan to defeat uh, Spider-Man from the beginning. Yeah, what if Connors, like, purposely sends Peter in there knowing that he's going to get bitten just to see, like, I want to try these human trials now. I'm going to try just use Peter as a person. I guess yeah. he would... He's... This guy... This is a way different Connors that we got in the film. Like, he's evil. Oh, so he would be, like, experimenting with different types of animals and, like, trying to figure out what he can do with people. Yeah, so, he like... He them with different things. Yes, but, like, more puts them in the natural habitat. Like, mm-hmm. he has the spider bite him, and he's, that's his intentions is for Peter to get bit by this. Okay. And so then he sees Peter got bit, and he gets all this, and so that's why he injects himself with that stuff, because now it's like, oh, it worked, and he does it, and then, you know, something happens. be like, oh, no, we can fight, or whatever. Yeah, well, he I gets that whole, like, oh, shoot, this didn't work for me. And then maybe we'll Spider-Man to it. And he's like, oh, Peter's got the DNA. I don't like that, but... <laughs> and no, something like that, because I... Yeah, I like mine, but I do like yours, too, The where it's... Uh, where he's... I mean, if you're just gonna... If we're gonna do things a little cartoony and just turn a man into a lizard, you might as well make him super evil and just be like, and now I throw you to the spiders and I want to see what kind of creature you become. Yeah. Because that... Because there could be a diff- bunch of different motivations for that, where he could just be fully evil or the relationship with the father could be there and he actually doesn't like Peter's father and it's like this is how I get my revenge I'm gonna turn your son into a spider <laughs> so you know yeah no, no, no if we had six months to workshop the screenplay I'm sure we'd have something better but having that inkling of an idea what do you think Peter has some dirt on Connors 
What do you think about that? I don't think he would... I think at this point he wouldn't know enough about Connors to have dirt on him. What if he d- unintentionally has dirt on him? He's like, yeah, I have this flash drive. I don't understand these oh, yeah, things. He could, he could just be like, what's, you know, uh, what's the Orion project or whatever? And just, you know, he's got... It's like, hey, give me that. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is there something you need? I You give me my information. So, yeah, I could, I could see that working. Yeah, and then I, he's like, all right, Peter, just go. I need you to go into this one room and then um, I'll explain it or everything and then that's how he gets bit because it, it does make more sense to for a spur of the moment kind of thing to be like all right go in the spider room because like he doesn't have time to think because mm-hmm. if he had time to think he'd just kill him uh <laughs> but i i almost do like it better that there's more of a motivation behind it where there's like a history or a backstory or something mm-hmm. where he really just wants to just destroy peter or like destroy the parker like family yeah I think there's something. I like what we got with that. Mm-hmm. That's different enough, and it's setting up more where now Dr. Connors feels comfortable injecting himself with it. Yeah. That's how we get the lizard. And uh, Gwen Stacy gets more screen time. Yeah. That is my big thing. If we can keep the same Gwen Stacy we have mm-hmm. and just give her more, absolutely. Well, how do we invest her more into this? She either needs to lose the Oscorp job or mm-hmm. needs to lose her father being police commissioner. And I think I would rather honestly see her lose... I think I'd rather see her lose the Oscorp job and see her be almost more on the police force. Okay. That she she was not like an actual like police officer because she's 16. Right. But seeing her, uh, you know, do... Do, do more things in kind of a law enforcement setting. And she still, you know, has a brain for science and, and uh, is a very smart person. Mm-hmm. So I think she ends up being valedictorian in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes, that's true. Yeah. She could still be that. But also, it would be great if there was this kind of adversarial relationship that she has with Spider-Man, similarly to the way that her father does. But then, you know, when she discovers Peter's secret and that they were actually been close this whole time, that she defends him and that she's st- sticking up for him in that way. Especially against her father, because, you know, she, she knows that he's going to do the right thing and he's got more power than the police force does. I don't know, because that's not exactly what I was trying to go for with this, but I would want to give up one of those two things, mostly so we can invest more time in her. So we could see her interactions with Peter to get their relationship up mm-hmm. and to make her, make her not just like, ooh, badass female, ooh, smart female, like, <laughs> what makes her just a person? Like, what is her driving force? Because if she's got these conflicting things, we don't get her driving force. If we get her to be just the scientist, we kind of figure out why she wants to be in science and why she wants to pursue this field. If it's like, you know, reason of, oh, you know, I had a sick family member or I just have this deep internal feeling of trying to help people. Or if she's, you know, in the law enforcement side, it's like, I have a strict sense of justice or my father forced me to do this and now I'm just, uh, you know, trying to figure out myself or something, just giving her more than just, like, cool female. Yeah, I think we could actually, if she's part of the police force, we can get a little character arc where she's completely on her dad's side originally, and now she's dating Peter, and then she's like, oh, Spider-Man doesn't do as bad as you think, and we get to the point where she's the one that lets Peter go fight the wizard at the end. Yeah. And then we got the, oh, no, law, like, police are good, this is how we do it, to Spider-Man being the good guy. Yeah. I like that. I definitely think that makes her more into the plot character arc. Because, like, I mean, honestly, who changes after this movie? Like, do... do No one. Because yeah. Because as much as they change, they just revert back to their old ways. Because mm-hmm. the, the main... The thing that's the most change is that Peter has lost so many people that he's, like, you know, this kind of quieter guy that's going to avoid people and do exactly what Captain Stacy told him to do. Except then he doesn't. And the fact that he doesn't really does ruin all the character development he's done. Yeah. Because the encapsulation of, like, I need to be alone and not involve people is completely unwound when he lets the one person that he promised to stay away from back into his life. Yeah. And then, so, we, then we get then, Ghost Dad. Yeah. Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. Well, all right. So back to the Peters family, like, parents. What do you think is more interesting way to make them cool like what what is like their backstory i think they still have the same backstory i really do but i think that you either you need to show either more in this movie 
or make them more integrated to the plot, mm-hmm. where either uh, it's actually his, you know, Peter's father's research that Dr. Connors is working with, or something else like that. Or we find out Dr. Connors is, is his, his father. father. Oh. And he says that as the lizard. He's like, no, Peter, I am your father. But he says that as he's dying, like falling off the, the building or whatever. <laughs> he's like, oh no, I killed my father. Oh no. Yeah, I think I think something like that where they they still have the same story there's just more involvement throughout uh-huh. because uh do you know about the end the original ending of Spi- amazing spider-man 2 no so spoilers for amazing spider-man 2 which maybe we'll do someday who knows yeah, we'll uh gwen stacy dies at the end of amazing spider-man 2 and peter's at the funeral and he's like the last one there and the, in the movie itself he like you know picks himself up from his bootstraps it's like okay everything's gonna be okay I'll figure this out, I'll fight, I'll fight to win the day, and he throws a manhole cover at the rhino. <laughs> the way that it originally ended is that Peter is, like, devastated. Like, he is at Gwen Stacy's grave having a horrible time, and then he looks up, and his father's standing in the graveyard with him. Oh. And it's not a ghost, and it's not a, a, a fake person. It's his dad has shown up, and he's like, Peter, we've got so much more work to do. And he's like, you left me, Dad. I don't understand. I don't want to do any of this. I just... I need to be alone. And then his dad says, like, oh, no, you need to become Spider-Man again because it's important for, you know, the future of the world. So give Amazing Spider-Man 2 a little bit of credit. They actually took out the shitty ending where he's almost forced back into being (laughs) Spider-Man rather than him being like, all right, I need to do what's right for the world. But doing something like that. Okay. But in the first one, so so it's not like a thing where it's like, someone I love died. It's later on where his dad either shows back up or there's like a message from his dad or something else that's like, hey, I'm here. Here's kind of what you need to know about Dr. Connors, the research that's been going on. It's a little bit deus ex machina-y, but if you're going to introduce these parents and like have this mythology with them, it'd be good to have them do some kind of uh, physical interaction in the story. Because I do like the idea of him showing up and being like, there's more to being Spider-Man, and we may not have intended this life for you, but we've always felt that you were special because with great power comes great response. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to hold back a little bit of a little bit of vomit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do like that. I want to put that at the end. Definitely be like Peter. There's more work to be done. What do you think if? So this is bringing back to like, is his dad good or bad? What if? As a parent, he was experimenting on Peter, and that's why Peter's uh, blood is, like, immune to all of it. That's why he doesn't turn into a spider. He just, like, gets strong spider powers. Yeah, because his full intentions were for Peter to become this, like, superhero. That would be cool. Would we see that at the beginning with Peter, or would he Peter slowly learn that throughout the course of the movie? I mean, honestly, you probably figure that out in the sequel. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to end where it will be... <laughs> Peter will be in his room and he hears a knock and he opens the door and it'll just be this like white dude with white hair and he'll be like, hey, Peter, we have work to do. And then Peter's just like, dad? Because we don't know what his dad looks like yeah, right now. Because he's got to say it for us. Yeah. No, I don't think that's, I think that's good. Uh, <laughs> that's such a cheesy way to end it. I did <laughs> not, that's right. not how it's going to end. That was a joke. <laughs> Again, th- this is what we get for doing this right now. Once we have six months of script <laughs> workshop time, it'll, it'll be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you think, like, his dad experimented on, like, a baby? I do And think... maybe it's a custody thing? Because people found, like, no. government... Okay, okay, well, scratch it, scratch no, it. I, the, uh, I don't think it's a bad idea. I just think it's, it's, uh, it's not helpful for the movie we're working on right now. Okay. I do like the idea of it. And I think uh, bu- building our amazing Spider-Man universe that could have been, uh, I think that's, a, that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't have too much more to f- fix, really. It was really those big things of uh, moving the story along further at the beginning, changing Dr. Connor's motivation, making Gwen Stacy a lot better. What do you think... Because this bothered me a lot when I first watched it back in 2012. What do you think of the murderer getting away, Who killed the guy who killed oh, right. Uncle Ben? Why did we forget about him? Yeah, the murderer either. Because that to... never comes back. Wait, in the, any of the, the movies. The murderer wasn't the guy that he caught carjacking, right? Nope. Yeah, so I think that 
the the murder thing is he needs to catch the murderer uh, and realize he's not happy that he caught him is just like what next like Uncle Ben's still dead or he needs to uh, the murderer needs to get away and that's kind of like an extra you know plot thing for the sequel mm-hmm. where he's like I may have saved the day but my uncle's murderer is still out there and I need to find him and that's you know part of part of the adventure if he doesn't catch him at some point in the movie and he's not happy, then we do need to have flashes of it. Uh-huh. Like, possibly during the climax where Peter then has to, realizes he knows where the murderer is and he has to make a choice between getting his, you know, revenge or against him or, you know, saving the city. Okay. Which I think is a, as a, as a decent uh, thing to, to do because, yeah, Pete, that whole murderer thing is such a good idea that they drop completely like i thought originally when i was watching it i was pissed they didn't bring it up and i was like all right they gotta bring it up in the sequel no No. they did not do that what do you think i'm going back to dr connor's just being an evil asshole that connor sends this guy to go kill peter gets confused and kills uncle ben and then that's sort of where we start finding out that peter's gets the guy and he's like why did you do this he's like i was paid by Dr. Connors. And then Peter's like, Dr. Connors is after me? What? That would be a good alternative to what it is because it is, it's always just been stupid that Peter lets the guy go. Yeah. Because I get he's supposed to have a guilty guilt complex about it to be like, I could have stopped him, but if we do do it your way, he still has a guilt complex because the murderer was trying to kill him. Yeah. He accidentally kills Uncle Ben instead. Mm-hmm. No, I think, that, I think that's a good idea. Because it 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 get it gets it gets everybody more involved in the story. It gets Peter himself to be like, "Oh man, I was you know supposed to be." It may, helps him capture the murderer. It gets Doctor Connor's more invested because he's the one who's like going after him, and he we realize that now him and Peter are direct adversaries, and then Uncle Ben is the unfortunate recipient of yeah. a of a hit. Is Gwen since she's a cop right now? Does she be the first one to the scene, and that's where. Uh, they meet, or are they meeting in high school? Because what if we age Gwen up a bit, and then she is just the cop that keeps checking in on Peter, and that's how they start getting a relationship. Let's a, age them you, up. They're not in high school. Okay, they're not in high school? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, if, if we're going to age them up, then yeah, I think it's a good idea okay. to do that, and that Peter, yeah, he's basically like captured the the murderer, but Gwen's like, you know, pulled her gun on him, and they've got, they've got their history from high school because they knew each other then, mm. and, you know. There may have been something there. Who knows? Oh, snap. Uh, and she's like, you know, she hates Spider-Man because of something, you know, whatever her dad's philosophy is. She's like, got her gun on him, and he's just like, no, no, don't. Just look, it's me. And he reveals that he's Spider-Man to try and prove his point. You know, there's a person under here. It's not some vigilante. Okay. What? Spitballing. <laughs> you have so many ideas. <laughs> I like it. I told you, I did so much research. I got into college because of this movie. What if Gwen, after her dad dies, with Spider-Man becomes like the uh, Commissioner Gordon? Yeah. What if, she, what if Gwen Stacy becomes like the Commissioner Gordon, and like just realizes that Batman or uh, Spider-Man can do the things that cops can't? So she's like, all right, here are our leads. Go do some illegal shit and yeah. like go beat him up or whatever. Yeah. And then we could have like a Mister and Missus Smith. Where Gwen doesn't know that she's Spider-Man, that he's Spider-Man, and then they like, what? Uh, yes, no. I think. In a different movie, yes. We'll I, save it for the sequel. Yeah, because well, because I do I like her finding out his secret though, because that, you know, adds something to their relationship. Because a lot of times when characters are in the dark, you don't get to bond because there's just this this clear thing between them, uh-huh. and they don't actually get to know each other as people. And then it's almost, almost like contrived, but it's contrived when the two people get together, and it's like they're not really being open with each other. Okay. And so I like the idea of, of, of a version of this movie where it's just like, you know, she's she's Commissioner Stacy just sending out these things for Spider-Man while she's, you know, friends with Peter on the side. Hey. They're just hanging out. They're just, just hanging, hanging out, man. Out. All right. I think that's all for me. I can't think yeah. of anything else. No, I think implementing most of these ideas and just really, just yeah, really beefing up that beginning and like make, not beefing up, but you know, making... Yeah, yeah. Taking out all the unnecessary fluff and giving more to Peter's backstory and him being Spider-Man just in general is a, is a big is a big thing. Okay. Yep. Fix up the parents a bit and backstory. All yeah. right. Cool. 
Well, uh, so what, what are your power rankings of Spider-Man? Like, you could do movies or just Spider-Man character uh, actors in general. I put one and two of Amazing Spider-Man probably as the worst. Mm-hmm. I honestly can't remember Spider-Man three that much, so I don't. I guess by default that's my third worst. Mm-hmm. Put Spider-Man one as the third. Then I'm gonna go. Homecoming 2 and then Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man 2 is my favorite. Yeah, I think we have the same order cuz Spider-Man 2 is so good. Yeah. And the thing with Homecoming, it's such a different Spider-Man movie cuz mm-hmm. it's not Spider-Man purely him, you know? Like yeah, you still have the MCU guys running around like it's a good take and a really good movie, but yeah. it's just not entirely it, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's not pure Spider-Man. It's it's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man's episode in the MCU series. Yes, yeah. That's a very good way of putting it. Because that's basically what the MCU is. It's just a very expensive series. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the the best way to look at it because Homecoming is really good. Yeah. But I think it's held back a little bit by the fact that it feels a little bit more trivial when compared to Mm Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 has this like big, like almost like Shakespearean like scope of everything. And then Homecoming's like, yeah, this is a big deal. This is alien <laughs> technology. Uh, what's happening? Oh, it's just the black market. The black market is not that big a deal. It's low-level crimes. Yeah. I'm sure Daredevil's taking care of some of that stuff. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that would be a pretty good tie-in. Pretty good tie-in. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's my that's my power rankings, and I, I think that Tom Holland is the su- most superior Spider-Man. I th- you convinced me into that, yes. I agree. I agree with that. I, yeah, I think... Toby's a really good Peter Parker, and Andrew Garfield is a very good Spider-Man, but I feel like Tom Holland has got, got them both beat on both fronts. Oh, I agree. Well, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, please, if you want to fo- find our newest content, easiest way is to like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, and iTunes. Uh, we are on Twitter also. Um, that Dr. Script. Uh, please leave us a review. On iTunes, we we read every single word, and five stars goes a long way, not just for our rating, but in my heart. (laughs) It really makes me feel good, and then I won't have to inject myself with lizard serum just to feel again. Oh, dude, same. (laughs) Well, it's been a a good time, y'all. Hope you've enjoyed our uh, spoderific uh, Spoderman uh, adventures. Amazing Spoderman adventures. Uh, yes. Thank you guys so much. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye.